Hi, how you doing? How's it going, Mr. Jekyll? Very good. Is, is that how you pronounce your name, Jekyll? Yeah, that's it. Very good. Cool, cool. Perfect. Welcome to the show. I really do appreciate you taking some time to be with us tonight. Oh, thanks for having me. For those of us out here that, that don't know you real well, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of get us warmed up here. Well, I uh, was born in Columbia, South Carolina, and I uh, went in the military when I was uh, around 18 years old. Went in the Navy SEAL team because it was a dream of mine since I was a little kid, and uh, spent 24 years in the Navy SEAL teams. Went to uh, SEAL Team 6, spent some time out there, which is kind of like the pinnacle of being a SEAL. It's kind of like the Delta. And then uh, after I retired in 2002, I went into security contracting. For the last uh, almost seven years, I've been uh, overseas in uh, different places like Iraq and Afghanistan. Before I ask you the first question, I would like to thank you for your your service to the country. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, same um, here. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So, what is what is an intuitive warrior? An intuitive warrior is one that's uh, connected with their their higher self. Basically, you're pulling in uh, information that uh, normally we don't connect with on our normal daily basis. But as you uh, go deeper into uh, your intuition, you start to pull up uh, more information. And what uh, happened with me is uh, I started to get uh, information about attacks that were coming. It just kind of came to me. I just started to feel them. And then uh, eventually I was able to actually visualize them and uh, kept teams away from uh, these attacks and stuff like that. And uh, I talk about how my intu intuition actually developed to the point where I can actually stop attacks from coming happening now. So is this something that just came came natural during the training? Uh, I was in the Army, but I but I didn't go through the same kind of training, obviously, as, an, as a Navy SEAL did, so, so I really can't speak to, you know, the training. Obviously, it was much harder, and obviously it was, you know, more focused on, on, on many different areas. Was there something in the training that triggered this, or, or is it something you just, just kind of came to you? I think the, uh, the training definitely does trigger it for a lot of guys. A lot of people... Everyone connects with their intuition during the day. I mean, if you have, and everyone's had that feeling that their loved one was going to call, and the loved one called, and or a friend called, or or some, you felt somebody was, you thought about somebody, and they just showed up at your door. So that's kind of like those intuitive prompts. But I think what really uh, triggered it for me, in a in a knowing basis, was when I went through buds, and you're really pushed far beyond the physical realm. Uh, what we uh, try and do in our training, SEAL training, is there's a particular week called Hell Week where you're pretty much up the whole week, and it's one intense physical activity after another. And I think being pushed really hard into that physical realm opens up uh, that intuitive uh, area for you. A lot of people don't really recognize that. In fact, I didn't recognize until much later in life that that's actually what was happening to me, but we, we do tap that. So, so how how can we, as um, civilians that are not, you know, forced to go through through a hell week, how can we um, learn to? I would I would imagine it's a it's a process of quieting the the mind, quieting the voice of of the internal chatter, and to be able to hear. Um, a absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how do we do that? I think the first thing you 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 connect with is uh, just being aware that intuition exists, that every one of us has intuition that we're connected with it at all times throughout our day and night, really. And uh, the second thing was, like you're talking about, stealing the mind. There's a lot of monkey chatter that goes on in our minds all the time. And uh, if you can learn how to quiet that portion of your mind, and, and really the way I really connected with it on a very deep level was when I started the hand-to-hand -hand program in the SEAL teams. And uh, that 
forced me another another kind of push point that forced me into going beyond the physical and starting to tap into that those areas of our brain that we all can connect with the uh the creative part of our brain the right side of our brain is where the intuition lies and if we can learn how to shut down the real hardcore analytical beta dominant uh brain wave patterns we can start to tap those alpha waves which is something I, I talked about quite a bit in the book, then you can actually uh, pull those intuitions in. I read somewhere, and, and I wish I had it off the top of my head. I read so much so much stuff, and there was a, uh, an MIT scientist that tried to describe um, the different psychic parts of the body. It was his theory people uh, typically were, were more drawn to either feeling or hearing or seeing rather than being able to do all three um, you mentioned earlier that it was kind of like this this really intense gut feeling that, that eventually evolved into, you know, you being able to see and then plan and then actually make moves and decisions based on your intuition. Again, was it the training that forced you to get better with it, or, or, or was once you realized you were consciously doing it, did that help you along getting better? Uh, like I said, I think the training really uh, pushed me in that direction, but I think that anyone can touch that. Uh, the MIT uh, guy you're talking about, uh, I think that he came up with a book called uh, "You Are You Are Psychic," or "You Can Be Psychic," and uh, basically what that is the uh, the gut feelings are uh, it's a psychic center where we're always open to that. So that gut feeling is basically what I get when I I feel something coming, like an attack coming. Like just recently, um, I was in uh, a part of the world where there was a lot of attacks coming, and uh, there was nine nine days straight in this one city before I got there, and before I got, there, I knew I was going to the city. They, I, that was part of my uh, itinerary, and uh, I uh, I got these feelings, these gut feelings that attacks were going to come, more attacks were coming. So then I started to visualize. So that's kind of what I get. I get visual images of these uh, attacks coming. I focus on them, and then I get what what time frame and how it's going to happen and stuff like that. Uh, and then now what I've progressed to is I actually send love to that 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 energy, that negative energy, as I call it, with love as the most powerful force in the universe. And uh, that seems to be stilling these things, seems to be mm-hmm. sending out energy that, because our thoughts are energy, and when we send out certain thoughts, we can affect our environment, as uh, quantum mechanics or quantum physics talks about. So uh, that's pretty much what I've been doing over the last uh, several years. The first chapter in my book, I talk about how this this amazing, you know, thing happened to me where I was we were traveling down this road in uh, Iraq. It was very, very heavily bombed road. I mean, every day you'd drive down this road, there'd be bombed out vehicles and uh, you know burning vehicles every single day. And uh, sometimes they shut the road down. We could hear these big booms, and they shut the road down so we can travel, and then we they'd open it back up and we'd travel on these roads. So one day I would do, I learned another skill while I was in the military. It's called remote viewing. Mm-hmm. And before I would go down these roads, I would remote view and make sure they're safe. Well, over the over a year's time frame, I'd been up and down this road, and I think like seven or eight times this one particular day we were traveling it quite heavily. And I just kind of got in that uh, that zone where you kind of forget what you're what you're really doing, and then I realized we're we're in a kill zone. We're we're on the road, and we're I, I knew that attack was coming, and uh, I got this overwhelming feeling to uh, 
send out the thought of love. And uh, and I'd gotten these intuitive hunches before, and I learned how to listen to them. So I just started sending out the thought of love, like every cell in my body was sending it out. Then I get the feeling that we're out of this uh, this kill zone, and uh, we got back to our our compound, and uh, we found out the vehicle had left right after we had left, uh, and passed through this this danger area that I knew we were going to get hit at, and they had gotten hit by a rocket. So that kind of started for me ability to uh, actually send out the pot of love and create like mm-hmm. these bubbles, these waves of energy that would, uh, as I've been told, they, they kind of like put bands around those that would do, you know, negative stuff. So it's worked pretty good. I've actually going in the cities that were like I was just talking about were very heavily attacked mm-hmm. and uh, put out these, these thoughts like a bubble around this whole city mm-hmm. and, and no attacks would happen. Even though threat reporting was coming in, that the tax were coming. <clears throat> That's very interesting, and and I, I believe it could happen. You know, it's very similar to to what I practice myself and what I read in um, uh, Joe, Joe Donlin's book, um, Ordaining Reality. If you if you've ever read that, where he talks about basically what you're talking about is counteracting that that negativity with positivity. He calls it the uh, believe in, in the very last chapter of the book he calls it harmonics or something like that where oh, excellent. Yeah. one one vibration that is different from another vibration will will entrain the other one you know absolutely, absolutely. to match itself so yeah very we, we can follow yeah. you on that but how how do <clears throat> how would the average person the average listener right now that's listening to this how can they get to that level of of being able to experience and do this stuff Oh, it's it, it's very beautiful, uh, and uh, it, it can translate into every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a time I got that uh, a gut feeling. I, I think mothers really connect with this a lot. Mm-hmm. Women, as on an average, connect with this information quite a bit. In fact, a lot of women have been uh, buying this book and giving it to their their male counterparts or friends and lovers or you know husbands, boyfriends, mm-hmm. whatever, and uh, because they are already are really connected with this intuitive side. There, I think the male side, we have a lot of, uh, you know, we're supposed to be very analytical and uh, very grounded and, you know, what we do. but uh, And we think the, the intuition thing is, you know, airy-fairy type stuff. But there definitely is uh, a wave of consciousness, uh, a sea of consciousness pretty much that we exist in that we can connect with, and that's where the intu- intuition is. I think that if you learn how to just open yourself up to these these constant uh this constant sea of information that we're we're surrounded in, you can start to come up with them. Uh, to give you another example that's non-military related. I had a intuition that the the stock market back in 2007 was going to crash, and I just had to pull all my money out of all the stocks. And I, I mean, this was not very. I, I'd always invested, even when the market went down in 2001. I had uh, kept my money in the in the stock market, so. Uh, and all all the information that was around was saying the stock market was going to continue to go up. But I just had this strong gut feeling, and it was like, I think I really need to get my money out, you know, so I've learned how to trust these things. And I pulled all my money out, and then, of course, the stock market crashed. So uh, it really saved me a lot of money. It was great. But I think learning to uh, to open yourself up to these little nudges that we get during the day if you can connect with the, like, for instance, I used to, I remember when I first read about intuition, when I was early on in my SEAL career, I uh, I remember it saying that 
if you get those little nudges, like when you walk out your door, you get those like, oh, something's not right. And I would, I would, I would, I would learn to stop and listen to that, and then I would get kind of quiet my mind, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. and I would get your flashlight, and I'd be like, oh yeah, I need my flashlight for tonight. Or sometimes I would get that, and then I would get a flash. I don't need a flashlight, but then I learned to like just listen to it and go for it and bring it. And then I learned out later on that that day that I was going on operation, I would need my flashlight. So that kind of stuff. So the time space that we normally uh, linear time that we're normally conditioned to believe in is doesn't work in, in t- when you start to tap into your intuition. It just opens you up to all this information that uh, anyone can tap into. I really can't follow what you're saying, Mr. Jaco, about the energy. As most of us here know, you know, energy can't be destroyed. It can't be, you know, it can simply be changed or moved. And, and you know, your example of sending love into into negative energy certainly uh, in my mind would neutralize that for sure and it's not something uh that can be done you know really easy as you said you know you've spent many years just practicing and just experiencing this but let me ask you i've been around a lot of military guys and some of these guys you know i mean you know they're tough guys right Right. yeah they're real, real tough guys you can't tell me none of this mumbo jumbo how did you get some of those guys to open up i was reading uh at your um, website, you, you talk about some of your compadres and your companions, and you were able to get them to kind of open up a little bit. How tough was that, getting these big, tough, macho guys to do that? Well, I, you know, it's, it is it is a challenge sometimes. And I, I've talked to a lot of guys that uh, that just don't open up. And, in fact, I didn't open up about it for a long time. Uh, but uh, over a period of time, people started to see that they were, they were starting to ask me, they said, how, how is it that you seem to know you know when not to go, and and then there's these attacks, and we, we should have we should have been going out the gate during that time frame, and you just saved all of our lives. How do you keep doing this? So I just started, you know, sharing it with a few people, mm-hmm. and uh, then it became the it, it just became everybody knows about it now that I work with. So it's kind of an accepted thing. Right. There's even there's even guys that say, uh, you know, I don't, I totally don't believe in how you're doing this, but you're right, so I'm going to listen to you. you know? And that's great. Yeah. You know, if you can we'll get to that point, anyway. that's yeah. that's beautiful. But yeah, I think a lot of a lot of us warriors are, and and I say you know warriors, but I think everyone uh, goes through this warrior archetype at one point in their life. Uh, the once you learn how to quiet that that little monkey mind, uh, and what uh, what I've gone through, I talk about in the book is I went through a. Uh, uh, a period of time where I spent, the, you know, like four days in the wood, a, vis- a vision quest, uh, and I basically did the little death, and I, I learned how to co-op my, my little ego, and I learned that it wasn't in control of my life, that I was. And uh, so that kind of was a major shift for me. So I think throughout time, uh, and you can instantly, I don't care who you are, you can instantly start using your intuition, just becoming aware that's, just be open to the fact that it exists. Like I said, the, the one guy was like, you know, I don't. I totally don't believe in it, but I, you know, I know you're doing something, so I'm just going to listen to you. So mm-hmm. that that's 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 the kind of openness that I can accept. But some guys are are really. I, I think a lot of guys are open enough to this more than I've ever seen before. Uh, er, I'd say early on in my career, uh, it was completely. You know, you just didn't talk about it. Right. Uh, mid mm-hmm. midway in my career, and I'm talking like you know, I've been around 30 years now, so I'm talking about maybe 15 years ago. There was a little bit of gap starting to happen in some people. And uh, there are a few of us that would talk about, you know, abilities and stuff like that, like telepathy. Uh, 
I mean, you work with guys long enough. Uh, when you first start working with a guy, with guys, or anyone really for that matter, no matter what capacity, uh, you you start to click with them over a period of time. When you first start working with them, you you have to do all kind of sign languages and you know communications like when you're walking in the in the woods with when patrolling stuff like that. I'll use that example. And then eventually you get to the point where no one's making any sign language and everybody just knows what everybody's doing. And I eventually got to the point where, man, we're just we're talking in our heads to each other. And, uh, you know, guys being open to that, guys would, when I first brought it up, guys would be like, that's crazy. And then I would, you know, do something, I would read their mind or whatever and, and say, yeah, you just thought that. And they're like, whoa. And then it, you know, <laughs> it starts opening people up. Hey, maybe there's something to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So when when... When people start seeing uh, that this is a reality, when I physically show them, when they see the results of you know uh, what what I've been doing, and other people start to opening up, it's like you know what you know I I had a feeling about that too, and it's like that's it that's when you want to start listening to that, and then you know towards the end of a trip I I'll be over like a couple months or whatever, towards the end of a trip you know everybody's talking about you know oh we're we're connected with this stuff we're starting to feel all this stuff you know so it's that's what that's what we want to see. We want to see people just open up to the fact that it does exist and then start to listen to their little promptings. And then once they start to touch on their little promptings, then build on that. Um, we have a comment from the chat room where I think it was Tracy Joe said that maybe life has become too easy and it's, it's making people dumb down their senses to where they actually don't even <clears throat> They don't have to access these intuitive um, hunches to to survive anymore. That's why I'm, we're being dumbed down. Would you agree with that? That uh, yeah, I, that I do agree that that uh, a lot of things are controlled for us. Our education, I mean, everything in society is controlled. Every, everyone wants our power. Uh, I think uh, learning to tap your intuition is basically taking your power back. And, and really, a lot of institutions don't want you to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a leap of faith, so to speak, to uh, to start to do these intuitive things. Mm-hmm. And uh, but once you start to tap it, the the power it gives you, the control that it gives you, that knowing that you're connected to something much more than just this physical realm, it's very enlightening, very empowering. It's it's amazing. It's a very good feeling. That was a great question, actually. Um, that comment by Tracy Joe really points to a lot of things going on around us right now. We're kind of we all just want to float around on autopilot. Uh, sure. And then we wake up, and now we're pissed off about everything, but everything has kind of happened the way we made it. We designed it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if we, if we just kind of drift through life, we get what we get. But if we uh, start to direct our thoughts, then we're going to start getting what we want for our thoughts, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if I may, uh, I'd like to focus in on the, the, the feeling itself, the the intuitive moment where, where it happens. Um, what... I would imagine that, and, and what I have experienced in the past is a nagging feeling where you, you're just going about your business and you have this this idea. Uh, it is an idea, but it happens on a very subtle level, <clears throat> and and I can explain that level by um, talking about the feeling of a the rem- the memory of a dream when you when you first wake up. When you were inside the dream, it was very clear. Everything was vivid. You knew exactly what was going on, and everything made sense. Even if it wasn't logical, it made sense. Absolutely. But as you start waking up, what happens is called um, verbal overshadowing. 
mm-hmm. and um, that's where your your logical mind starts taking over, and you start trying right. to play stuff. So that that nagging feeling is um, slightly obscured by a little bit of verbal overshadowing, to where it's not really a, a dominant thought in your mind. It's just kind of a a wisp that just kind of runs through real quick, and um, if you don't grab it by its tail. Um, you really won't take it apart and understand what it means. Is, is that about right? That's absolutely right. The and uh, kind of the verbal overshadowing you're talking about, kind of like the monkey mind that, or mm-hmm. the you know the egoic self that always wants to be in control. Yeah. That's the thing that shuts down our uh, intuition, or lets or doesn't let us tap into those those dreams that are basically trying to show us some stuff that we can benefit us. Okay. I think that if you learn how to relax, and the same thing when you're coming out of your dreams. You learn how to, you know. It, you remember if you if you get up and like go to the bathroom and and you go lay back down and you're like okay, and you go back in your dreams. It's kind of the same thing. If you learn to relax your mind when these these little naggings, like you were just talking about, those are, that's a perfect description. The little naggings start coming up, and that's that little nagging or that little tightness in the gut that I get is is time for me to just like slow down and just open my mind and and ask, you know, what what are you trying to give me? And then I'll get a flood of information. So that's that's perfect. Very good description. We were talking about earlier uh, how some of the macho guys, we'll just call them the macho guys. They uh, <laughs> this this guy, he, I don't know how he's doing it, but but he's 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 got to be you know superhuman or something. As you've taught this to people over the years, I just assume there has to be people that have come to you and said, "Please show me how to do this. Please teach me how to do this." What kind of fears and things did did you notice in people as they were trying to learn this and trying to 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 break away from from what they've always done to what they want to do? I think one of the biggest things uh, we're we're kind of conditioned, we're kind of programmed to a certain extent to uh, to to pull away from things that are unusual, the things that that don't fit the norm, and this is this is one of those things that we've been taught that's not normal. So that's that's a, that's a big downfall right there, unfortunately. But it is normal, like I said, all of us have this ability. Uh, one thing that I, most of the guys that I work with are, are very physical guys. So there's a thing that I teach them that's uh, applied kinesiology, where you're, uh, you can push the, the arm. I, I use the arms. I, uh, I sweep their body, and uh, it basically breaks up a pattern that's within their body, the, the chakra fields. Of, we're all basically electromagnetic beings. Uh, we have you know atomic structure creates energies and stuff like that so these these energies that uh, a lot of people a lot of uh, cultures have talked about over the years are within our body so i can just run my hands down a, a person's body and then i uh, have them lift their arms and i push on their arms and they're weaker uh, if i don't run my hands on their body they're stronger so then i take it to the point where i have them send out thoughts you know along their arms and into the walls to make their arms stronger so i sweep them and try and do it it doesn't work so they're starting to get a physical uh, sensation that their thoughts are actually creating, which is true, is creating a, 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 an energy field, a power within them that's stronger than for me to manipulate it. And I can e- even do it with my mind. I'll have them, you know, just drop their arms. I'll sweep them mentally, like I'm physically doing it, but I'm I'm doing it mentally, and it does the same effect. So applied kinesiology is a nice little tool that I use to teach people, you know, that there are energies, unseen energies around them. And then that they can project these unseen energies within themselves. So it's a, it's a nice little tool. I show them that, and then from that I start to build on the telepathy thing. And uh, like I talked about on my website, like 
like you guys were mentioning, had a couple guys that I worked with this last time. I taught, taught them this, and they went out and started sending turns at each other in the car. It was pretty wild. <laughs> and I bet they were floored, right? I bet they were just kind of freaked they, out. They came the back. Thing. They're like little kids. Here are these grown men, <laughs> these grown macho guys like you're talking about, all excited yeah. like little kids. We were sending each other in our minds turns, and we were doing it. I was like, that's great. You're learning. That's good. But, you know, these things, and it's that easy. It's really that easy to start, because uh, intuition will start opening up all these different things like that. Uh, like you were, like we were talking about, there's, there are energy harmonics uh, that we can set up with our minds. And people talk about invisibility, oh, you're, you're going to turn invisible. But I have done that. It's, it's pretty amazing. You can set yourself up with these thought patterns that I'm invisible to people that would harm me, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I've had guys like behind me driving in a car, and they said, we were right behind you and saw you, and you just disappeared. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing this stuff. You know, it works. So it's, uh, I, mean, I can't explain it, and uh, I'm sure there's a scientific explanation that we'll learn in the future, but it works now, so we're doing it. So it's actually something that's happening. And thousands of druids hid inside of trees, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> In the chat room here, we were talking about, they were defining love. You, you mentioned sending out these vibrations of love earlier. Right. Um, love can mean so many things, mm-hmm. you know. So what is the vibe like? What is the that feeling of love? Which particular meaning are you are you riding with here? Excellent question. Uh, the love that I'm, that I'm speaking about is an unconditional love. It just comes from my heart. It's not like I'm sending out love like, all right, love, get out there and defeat those bad guys. I just send it out. It's not like, uh, you know, it's not like a love for that I have for my wife or my kids or anything like that. It's or, or, or it could be to a certain extent because that's an unconditional love as well. But uh, it's I think of the God energy. I think of uh, the unconditional love that is, exists within everything. It's the most powerful force in the universe, and I think that. So when I when I Pull, I pull it from my heart, center. Uh, I think it from my heart. Let's uh, have this visual, and then I send it out through uh, my pineal gland, uh, throughout my throughout my forehead, my third eye, and I send it out as if it's it's a wave that's going out and and creating a pattern, like we talked about harmonic pattern, that um, sets up a bubble, like either around myself, my the vehicle that I'm in with people, uh, the t- the house that we're living in. The town that we're living in, and it all—it's—it's been working every time. I mean, like I said, the last city I was in, there were attacks every single day for nine days, and the two weeks I was in this one town, no attacks. And the day that I left the the city, unfortunately, there was another attack there. The city that I was going to, there was horrendous attacks. You know, suicide bombers went into marketplaces. When I got to this city for the next 75 days, 80 days that I was there, no attacks. So. This has been proven also through um, transcendental meditation. There's groups that have been doing this for over 20 years, documented evidence, mm-hmm. uh, where they go into these cities and they they send out this this energy, a positive energy, and uh, crime rates go down 70, up to 70%. Accident rates go down while they're doing these meditations. When they stop the meditations, they go right back up. So we're seeing that uh, consciousness does have an effect on our environments and that we can influence our environments through our thoughts. I just might be reaching here, Michael, but 
could all this be just because it's it's damn hard to kill a U.S. Navy SEAL? Well, yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> Unfortunately, that does happen, too. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I know. Friends that have died, but um, that, that, that's funny because I think that once, I think that part, that, that mystique, that attitude that a lot of guys have actually does help them. Mm-hmm, and sure. when I was in, I, I noticed this when I was in training, the guys that started getting down on themselves about maybe getting injuries and stuff like that, they eventually did. Had one guy come to me when I was an instructor, uh, a proctor for his class, and he was just all distraught. It's like, oh my, I'm getting these shin splints. I just know it. Blah blah blah. And I was like, look, your mind is is extremely powerful. If you focus on getting shin splints, you're going to get shin splints. Focus on you know doing well, and uh, and and I promise you, you'll you'll do well. And you know it was a lot more than that, of course. It was a down to hard talk, but. The guy made it all the way through training and ended up becoming an officer. I mean, did a really good job. But that was—he was right on the verge of quitting because he felt like he was—he wasn't going to make it because he was getting these injuries. And after that positive talk, and he really took it on board, he just excelled, just accelerated through, you know, the rest of the training and became a great leader. Uh, Mr. Jaco, we have a caller, so I'm going to bring them in and and see if they have a, a question for you. Excellent. Thanks. Area code 541, you're live. Hey, what's going on? Uh, my name is Space Poet, and uh, I just wanted to, uh, <clears throat> I just started to tune in, so I don't know exactly what was going on, but I heard a little bit of what you were saying, and I read the synopsis, and I wanted to tell the bro, the the former Navy, Navy SEAL, that I think he's doing a wonderful thing because I think he's, uh, he's really unique because usually we only hear these truths from uh, maybe yogis or maybe some people in the new age or, you know, things like this. And I think it's really important for him to propagate the message that he is uh, doing right now because it's going to help to enlighten people that ordinarily wouldn't listen to uh, other people. Thank you very much. Yeah, so I really wanted to say that. And uh, it's all about liberation, God realization, and uh, that matter is spirit. And, and mind is spirit, and uh, the true nature is love, compassion, and bliss. And the sooner that we can realize this is the sooner that we can bring Eden uh, back to the world. Thanks a lot. Oh, thank you. That was that was very beautiful. Thank you, caller. Thank you very much. I totally agree yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. And as a matter of fact, our caller must have uh, super in- intuition because I was just going to bring up the fact that uh, titles – and, and, and these words that we use for things, Navy SEAL versus yogi, as he put it, um, it really does get in the way for some people, and it really does make, make it hard for people to open up, lighten up, think outside Absolutely. the box. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope I will appeal to a lot of people. Like you said, the, there's a hardcore group out there that's going to be hard to, they're going to be a hard nut to crack, but, I think as more people start to uh, take on this this information and uh, start to apply it, because it's uh, it's, it's amazing information, and uh, can bring more of our troops on and uh, get us out of these wars, I believe, then uh, I think it's going to really take off. I hope so. Um, we have a question from the chat room that, that sounds pretty interesting. Um, they're curious as to how the government handles uh, people that attain these gifts somehow while they're going through training and. Or how do they treat you once they know? 
Uh, I've I've never had any problems whatsoever, and I've never heard of anyone else having any problems with it. Uh, they've treated me just like any anybody else. Mm-hmm. There there is like you know like we talked about the the macho crew that kind of like uh, tries to shut people down that are outside the box, but uh, mm-hmm. there that's that's becoming a, a lot less that I have noticed. Uh, so I I'm very very po- I'm very positive uh, that things are going to change for us. I, I think that we're moving into, like we talked about also, uh, a harmonic zone in the uh, the universe that has actually changed consciousness throughout history. And uh, we're moving into a major churning point in, uh, in history that's been predicted by many cultures throughout the Earth. Mm-hmm. The Hopi, the, um, the Inca, the Maya. Everybody talks about the Maya 2012 mm-hmm. prophecies. Yep. And uh, they basically say, Time is going to end, but time is not going to end like the world's going to end. Time is going to end as we know it now. It's going to, we're going to become more enlightened. We're going to become like the uh, the Inca say, uh, uh, human, human uh, spiritus. Uh, I think we're right now we're called uh, what um, Homo sapiens. They're called they're going to, we're going to be Homo spiritus. Is you know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So I totally agree with that. I think that if we're moving into a, a zone in the uh, universe that's going to bring in these energies, and it's already uh, starting to happen now. Yeah, it sure uh, is. All these different planets in, the, in, the, in, our un- in our galaxy are all lighting up. There's more light on them. There's uh, pole shifts happening on some of the planets. It's not just our planet that's, that's heating up. Uh, it, every one of them are. So it's, uh, this, these, this energy is coming in. It's, uh, it's documented. It's evidence. NASA's got plenty of evidence. You can look it up. So it's, it's very, very enlightening, very positive, very, very beautiful. What's, what's happening to humanity right now? So, okay. I think as consciousness um, starts to accelerate in the direction that we're talking about, uh, there's, there's probabilities and there's possibilities. I think the, uh, the possibility that we won't have any major Earth changes uh, will, will come to fruition. Of course, there's the probability that there will be major Earth changes, but I think that's not going to happen. But we'll see. I mean, if consciousness does rise to a point where it won't allow that to happen, which uh, just kind of like what I'm talking about now, where I go into these areas and stop these negative things, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a beautiful experience. It will be regardless. It's gonna happen, uh, whether some people come along for the ride or not. So. Right. I was just gonna stop you and say that we have a saying on this show. You can either go along quietly and happily, or you can go kicking and screaming. You're going to go one way or the other. That's excellent. You're going to go one way or the other. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about, we were talking about consciousness and, and, and these different shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's interesting you mention that because there are people that are fighting to the death for their little boxes, their little pretty little boxes that they're going to put all their beliefs in and, right. and, and, and damn the world. You're not changing me. You're not going to. I've seen it personally when, when I've traveled in certain groups or, or, or kind of bumped in and, and overheard people talking. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, we'll start here. Everybody reads the Bible or the Koran or, or, or whatever, okay, and they come to their own conclusions. Typically, everybody comes to this you know, grand conclusion that, that this is what it is and this is what it's not. Right. When you're teaching this kind of thing, I, I've noticed personally that people have take issue. Well, my religion won't let me do this. My religion won't let me do that. How do you approach these people when you're trying to talk to them about a very basic right uh, that that they have in their body that they can do this type of thing. That's 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 a really great question because I've 
I've talked to several people that have very, very strong fundamentalist beliefs uh, and from several different religions, actually. And uh, they, they seem to be open with this. They, they, they don't have a problem with it because it's not a religion, you know. Right. It's like my religion is better than your religion. That's not, it's, this intuition is something that we all have. It's just like we all, you know, have a heart. We all have a, a brain. We, we all have a, a right side part of our brain that's not really tapped that much, but we can tap it. So they, they recognize it as, you know, brainwave patterns, uh, being able to relax and bring in this, this information. And it's, it's, it's very spiritual. So uh, I think that becoming more spiritual is what most religions are all about, we hope, and uh, right. not trolling people. But uh, if, if people will understand that intuition is uh, kind of like a, a spiritual connection, uh, the way I look at it, it, it opens them up quite a bit more. I, yeah, I've never, I never really had a problem with it. I'm sure there's, there's someone that can create a problem, but they'll create a problem about anything, which is unfortunate. So, uh, no, no real problems with it. It's great. I have a whole sequence of questions coming up, and they're all kind of interrelated. In that, I'm basically asking you about where where the painting is the art, and there are brushes, which is a medium of of doing the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're talking about intuition being the art, and there are methodologies of training right. that, that, would, that would bring that about. Um, my questions are concerning such things as exercise, meditation, nutrition, and even use of controlled substances like marijuana, salvia, LSD. Um, what are your stances on any of, any of those things? Uh, that's that's quite a quite a few. Uh, I'll start with the last one because I, uh, I think I've uh, a lot of people are kind of concerned about you know the uh, drugs and stuff like that. I think that there are certain drugs that actually enhance uh, the intuitive uh, tapping the intuitive uh, portion of your, your brain. Uh, ayahuasca. I've heard a lot of. I've never experienced this, but I've heard a lot of people uh, have experienced. You know, amazing things with ayahuasca, uh, the the peyote, so forth. Uh, I, marijuana uh, opens opens up these uh, some of these centers. I think that uh, event, when I was in Peru, the chewing the cocoa leaves is is a sacred act, and it's not taken away from them. There is no drug problem in Peru at all, because they have access to uh, a substance. Which gives them, you know, that slight narcotic effect, kind of like cigarettes or alcohol that we have, and uh, it's it's not it's not an issue. So they have no drug problem. Uh, you know, I don't I don't think that you know anyone should do this. It should be uh, some of these are sacred uh, drugs, and they can uh, have uh, some problems for people that are not, you know, mentally correct. I guess. So I, I would be careful with that. But I I think they're they're very there's, absolutely, there's there's a possibility that some of these drugs can open up these uh, creative centers of our brain. A lot of the art uh, that we see from, uh, I think, the Aborigines and stuff like that, I think uh, some of those tribes uh, down in South America and so forth that have uh, some of these creative arts, I think they're tapping into that after, uh, you know, after having some of these sessions. So I, I, I see nothing wrong with that. And then moving on to exercise. Exercise is definitely something you want to do. Uh, it, it relieves stress, and stress is one of the main uh, controlling factors for intuition. If you have a lot of stress in your life, you're, it's going to be much harder for you to tap your intuition. 
which for warriors is really tough because if you're in a combat zone like I go to all the time, quite often throughout the years, uh, you have to learn how to relax yourself in those those situations. So exercise for me is absolutely I have to do it. Otherwise, I, I get I build up a lot of stress. So it's a great stress reliever. Diet is another thing. Eating junk food. What am I saying is if you, if if somebody hands it to you from a window, don't eat it. So it's uh you know you have to be able to to eat really good foods, uh, good wholesome foods. I think a lot of foods that we're eating now are um, have a lot of uh, negative uh, connotations for our bodies. Mm. The good you know fresh foods, fruit salads, uh, you know uh, good lean meats and stuff like that. I eat a lot of fish and lean chicken stuff like that. Pretty much got away from red meat, but I think that also has an effect because that will stress your body out as well. Good sleep, um, you know, get enough sleep. So all these, all the things that could add stress to your body, not enough exercise, um, uh, poor diet, not enough sleep, uh, being in stressful situations and not working it out. So learning how to deal with stress is a, is a big, uh, is a big thing. I, I hope I answered all those questions. Yeah, I think I think you hit everyone. I, I, mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned meditation, but. Oh yeah, absolutely. Meditation, very good. That's 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 a very big key. Thanks for bringing that up. I uh, I every morning when I wake up, I send love to these areas that are having combat, and I think that if everybody in the world that's not in a combat zone was doing that, I think we probably wouldn't see any combat really. So I, that's one of the things that I do. I, I meditate in the morning. I think about you know what I'm going to do throughout the day, and it's uh, it's very very uh, helpful. I think if you have those quiet moments, even through and during the day, if you can find the time, if you're sitting at a desk and it's real stressful, if you can push yourself away from a desk, you know, and, and just kind of close your eyes and just uh, go to that quiet point within yourself for a few minutes, I think it really, really makes a big difference for you. Mm-hmm. We've talked about energy earlier on the show. Let's face it, energy doesn't care about space or time. Absolutely. And at our, and our base point, it's what we are. There's nothing we can't do. There's nothing that's impossible on that level. So I'm absolutely positive that every little bit that, that you're doing, as you described, you know, sending love to these areas, I believe it's helping. I can't really see it as not helping, even if it keeps one person from dying. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think I think eventually what we're going to see is we're going to see that we're going to have a sea change, a tipping point, which will happen where enough people are going to get involved in this and enough uh, enlightened people are going to get involved in this knowing that they have energy, a, a connection, a divine connection within themselves and sending that energy into these points and it's going to, it's going to turn them. They're not going to be uh, negative. They're not going to be any um, or in these, these places anymore because that energy is going to come in and shift it. And I think mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, we're, we're very close to that point now. Mm-hmm. I can tell you very few times in our lives we meet people who who have truly been on all sides of the spectrum, who who can really attest to the ugly and the beautiful things at the same time. We were talking about the warrior archetype. Right. I don't think I don't I don't think I've met many folks like you, Michael, that is both a warrior in spirit and a warrior in action. Maybe you could take us through what it's like, what it was like for you being a a warrior in action as. You know, as you were a SEAL and you and you served combat in other capacities, but transforming yourself and bringing yourself to where you were both a warrior in action and a warrior in spirit, because it's it's really hard for people to do. We meet people who are spiritual warriors, 
and we meet people who are uh, warriors in in arms. But but it's rare to meet people who are who can truly do both. Yes, I, I think if we could train people to do both, if we had that intent to begin with, we could we can make that happen really quickly. Uh, it, it took me a long time of being a warrior, uh, getting to the point where I was like, this this is crazy. I think every warrior over, uh, you know, you you first you go in, you're all gung ho, you wanna you wanna kill the enemy and so forth. You wanna be the most ruthless thing that they've ever seen, and then eventually you get to the point where like, you know, th- they're no different from me. You know, you you start you really start to see that, and I've seen that everywhere in the world. I've traveled all over the world. I've been in many combat zones. And the pe- a lot of the people that I mean, look at look at Japan, look at Germany. I mean, we were fierce enemies at one time, and you can go to those countries mm-hmm. now. There's no problem. They come to our countries. There's no problem. These wars are crazy. They're being you know uh, drummed up by people that are. Uh, we're not even going to go there, so let's stay on let's stay on the, the subject. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that the uh, the intuitive warrior is the warrior that we're talking about. The warrior that can transition from being a, a hardcore. Um, warrior to more of a a peaceful warrior kind of like a a dan millman type of you know warrior right uh, Mm -hmm. where you're moving into those zones that that we're talking about right now where you're 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 very peaceful i mean i i'm the i'm the nicest guy you could ever meet but if you cross me the wrong way that could be the most ugly guy you you'd ever meet sure but you know that that possibility is there but it's it's not going to come up Unless it absolutely has to, and when it, and if it does have to have to come up, it's going to be at the least amount of force necessary to handle something. Mm-hmm. I think that the more that guys train in that kind of mindset, that we want to go because I had to transition from being a hunter as a Navy SEAL into the security contract um, world where I have to protect people, and so I can't go out and and hunt people down and that are trying to kill me and my group. I have to avoid them. So I turned, I went from the hunter to the fox. So that that was kind of a shift for me as well. Right. Uh, those guys, we still do, unfortunately, need those people um, in our communities, the, the sheriffs, the, the police that, you know, protect us. There's still that element out there that's, no matter how positive that we can get, there's still going to be that element that's going to, you know, affect us in a negative way, unfortunately. And the same thing in these, these combat zones. You you can't just go in there and say we're going to be kumbaya and you know the the bad guys go away. We we right. want to move in that direction, and as we start to train people, I believe, and open people up to the possibility that that can happen. And I think like I like we were talking about, people are getting tired of these wars. I mean, it's going on and on and on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we're moving in that direction. So the I would say that if you can open yourself up to the, the possibility, that's the first step. And then we can start training our people to be intuitive, to uh, you know, to love everybody. There was a time where I was getting mortared every night for almost a month, and every time we'd move out of our compound, people would try to shoot us. It was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember waking up one morning, and we'd only get like a couple hours of sleep every night because we we'd have to get up on the walls and like shoot back at people that are shooting us. So it was very frustrating. Uh, I got up one morning and I was like, "Ah, oh, I can't. How am I going to continue doing this?" But you know, I was a leader. This 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 large group of people, keeping a lot of people safe, a lot of pressure. Uh, and I just uh, got up this one morning. The the birds were chirping, the sun was coming up, and I just I was just relaxed and I was like, you know, it's just grateful to be alive. And I think 
learning how to have gratitude in your life uh, opens a lot of doors for you, and uh, it settles everything down. So teaching people how to be grateful for what they have, you know, even the guys that are in combat. I, I never had a negative feeling towards the people that are trying to kill me because I just felt that they were, you know, swayed in the wrong direction. You know, it's not natural to kill another human being. Sure. So sure I'm sure it feels I'm, real ugly to try. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so all these people uh, that are trying to kill me, I, I have no ill feelings for them. You know, I send them love just like I, you know, send everybody else. It seems to be having an effect. So uh, that's something that if we can get every, all of our soldiers to do, it would be I think it would be amazing. That reminds me of a scene out of the movie Troy, you know, where he goes outside the tent. Right. Put, puts the quarters on the, the guy's eyes and calls him brother. Right. After he had killed him. I didn't understand that scene until just now. Oh, good. Yep. Um, if, and I have a candy-coated question, and I call it that because this is the, the, the kind of question that usually people that are just looking for power ask. But um, I have an experience in the past where I pulled into a convenience store, and there was a bird walking on the ground. And I don't know why, but I wanted to hold that bird down as if I wanted to catch it by hand, even though I didn't want to catch it. I just mm -hmm. wanted to try. And when I did that, something did come out of my forehead, and it made a a, a, a spear around this bird. <clears throat> and it was walking. It, was, it would take a step or two and then kind of cluck, you know, with its head a little bit, and then it would uh, take another step or two. But whenever I did this, it just froze, and it just stood completely still. And I held it there for about three, five seconds. I, I don't, I can't remember how long it was, but that bird just sat there. Mm. And and I saw this bubble around it. It was um, it was made out of bands, just like you say, and mm -hmm. the bands were colored kind of yellow, orange, red. And you know, and they they were changing color and moving. But uh, is is that the what you're talking about, or is that just kind of a a daydream kind of thing? No, that's fascinating. That's that's exactly right. Okay. Very good description. So when I I've actually had uh, visions of people coming in to do bombings, and uh, I, I connect, I have I can remote view, like I said. So I remote view them coming in because I had this feeling that they were coming in. I, I alerted everybody. I, I was just kind of on a roll for this this one period of time where a week out I was predicting bombings up to the up to the like minute, mm -hmm. and where they were going to be and stuff like that. And everybody was like really impressed. They were like, "Where's the next one coming?" And this was after this was like the there have been two horrific bombings, and uh, I said the next one's coming to where we live, so that got everybody's attention pretty good. And so we moved everybody out and put up, you know, a lot of police protection, military, so forth. But I could still see this guy. I, this guy was going to make it in because they didn't do all the all the things that I told them to. They need to make uh, some barricades, and they didn't do it because they, you know, it's it's hard to get it's hard to get people to do some things sometimes. So anyway, uh, this guy's coming in with his car bomb, and I just. I remote viewed him. I saw him coming, and uh, I was like, I, I know we all have free will, so to go against someone's free will, unfortunately, can boomerang on you, which I've found. Uh, that's another story. But So I, I just kind of started sending him love. I kind of I was reading his thoughts. He was thinking, you know, I, I believe in what I'm doing, but, uh, I, I, you know, I, <clears throat> I never had a wife, and I always wanted kids, and, you know, so forth. This was a Middle Eastern man, a young man. He was like uh, 18, 19 years old. Usually you get the young guys to do this. They can brainwash them, unfortunately. 
and uh, so he was coming in with his. I could see, I could see the car he's driving. I could see the bomb in the back, everything. So I just started sending him love for like ten or fifteen minutes, just meditating, sending him love. To, you know, trying to connect with his brain, saying you can, you can have this life. You know, you ha- you just have to connect with the with the love. And I saw him. I, he turned, and uh, he stopped. He stopped, and he's like, "I'm not going to do it." And then he started turning around. And these bands that you're talking about, I could see that they were all around this car, and they're just just holding him. And uh, and the love was coming in, and it was really affecting him. It it changed him completely. So. I, I I totally believe that he never ever became a car bomber, and uh, he probably left the organization and went out and got himself a wife. Good for him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it we can affect our environment, like you're talking about, and uh, with animals and uh, even with our friends, that's kind of a training thing that you can do, because animals are very sensitive to uh, our thoughts, because we're kind of like a little bit more evolved than they are in certain aspects. So if you want to train with with uh, animals, I just went with wild dolphins, and man, they, they are so in touch. I was sending them energy, and they were coming up, and they were looking at me in the eye, and it was wow, it's it's pretty pretty impressive. Uh, whales, the same thing. I was sending thoughts to whales, and seeing whales leap out of the water in Hawaii, it's crazy. So yeah, animals are very connected with that uh, thought energy, and we can start playing with ourselves too. <clears throat> we can send thoughts to ourselves like these. These uh, guys I was talking about, you know, sending, you know, turns to each other in the car. Sure. Kind of play with that. Build that intuition that way. We've been talking with you, and, and this is probably one of the one of the funnest shows I've done in a long time. Oh, great. It's a great topic, and it's you've got a lot of experience to back up what you're saying. You know, there's going to be people out there, and I'm sure, I mean, I know you've met them. It's all mumble-jumbo. It's all coincidence. Here at the Nice Awakening, we believe there are no coincidences. Things are done the way they're done. But let's get into your book. First off, what was the what was the thing that drove you over the top that said, you know what, I'm going to write this book. Writing books are hard, but I'm going to write this damn book for for people to come to and read. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point because I never ever would have thought I would write a book in my whole life. Uh, a friend of mine told me these experiences you're having, you should share them with people, and it it, it kind of sat with me for a couple of years, and I was like, you know, he's right, man. Everybody could, you know, connect with this stuff. It doesn't have to be just a military guy. Uh, so I uh, started putting some of these thoughts down on paper. My wife was a very influential part. Uh, I think the the masculine and feminine, you know, side of all of us, you know, needs to be developed. And fortunately, I have a really good wife. She helped me out as far as like, uh, you know, pushing, not really pushing, but you know, kind of giving me a little bit of, you know, support in that direction. And uh, then I just started researching a little bit. I put something together and sent it to uh, my book company, Book Pros, a uh, little little excerpt. And they were like, "Yeah, this is great. You know, put the book together and we'll we'll do it." So that's kind of how it transpired. I even write in the book that when you're reading this, I have no idea how I'm going to put this book together. But if you're if you're reading it, then I you know I did it because I focused my thoughts on what I wanted and made it happen. That's pretty much what I did. I just want to put it out there real quick, Michael. Um, before the show, I attempted to purchase your book through Amazon, and you never believe what they told me. No, what? They're out of stock. People are buying this thing up like crazy. Great. Uh, just real quick, uh, are, there, are there any other places where 
can I go get this this book locally in my ho- or in my town or where can we find this thing? Uh, you can you can look at Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble uh, carries them. All the major uh, online uh, places have them. Okay. Uh, some, you, when you go to Barnes and Noble, they'll have like a pick it up at the store. There's a little place where you put in your zip code, put in your zip code, and then uh, click on find a store. And it, if it's you go down, it says in stock. Then you can call them up. It's pretty cool. You can call them up and actually go pick it up within 30 minutes. So they have wow. that little thing for you. It's not carried everywhere, unfortunately, right now. It's like I'm, I am a new author, and you know it takes a little while. But uh, because the book's selling out the way it is, in fact, I'm going to a book signing tomorrow in my hometown here in Columbia, and they said that they're they don't have enough books for me, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take some books myself, you know, to the store. Well, I think they better wise up and use their intuition because <laughs> because you're on to something here. I'm, I'm I'm telling you, I am a critic of myself. You know, I I am very open-minded. I have, uh, you know, studied so many different things, but but I always study with study with a critical with a critical eye. Right. David and I talk about on the show uh, throughout the year. We've talked about charlatans and, and and things, and I can tell you, the first ten minutes of of having you on the show, I want to go buy that book, and I'll probably go buy it tomorrow if I can find it locally here. Oh, great! Um, so we know how you came through the book. What is the reader going to get when when I go get your book tomorrow? And I start reading it from from the first page. What is going to grab me and, and, and bring me in? What what is it that is most likely going to happen to me as I read this? Uh, it, it's pretty. I, I've had so many amazing testimonials, like uh, my website michaeljaco.com. In fact, you actually buy the book there if you want, and I can I, tell me. I tell you what, uh, when we get off here, I'll send you a book personally, no problem. Um, oh, I appreciate that. Absolutely. And uh, but anyway. I would uh, I look at the testimonials. I mean, the testimonials are just through the roof. I mean, just one of those testimonials was worth writing that book. It's just amazing. Uh, the people are just overwhelmed by it. One guy that that really wanted to be a seal and is going to go through. There's there's a buddy of mine that does uh, like a, a hell week for civilians, and I've I've done one of those in the past myself. Uh, taught one, and uh, he's he's going to go through that. So he's reading. He reads everything that he can to. Uh, you know about seals, so he's going to go through this training. But he says he's using the book as as a study tool. Uh, he he read it once and he's reading it again. He's just like you know I yeah he read a great write up on Amazon. He said Michael Jaco was a geologist, a you know a a, a psychologist. Uh, I mean just on and on. He's just really I was like wow I didn't I don't see myself that way, but that's beautiful. So I think you're gonna I think you're, what you're gonna see is that what I try to do with the book is is appeal to a very broad audience because I think that everybody in the world can benefit from the information in this book. And uh, uh, some people, have, several people, have. Uh, I did another radio interview a little while ago and the woman said, this this book is like a, a movie script. It's it's great. It's it's so exciting. So it's uh, I think it's going to appeal to many people on many different levels. Uh, a lot of people have read it, I think, from the uh, New Age movement. You know, thinking that um, oh, it's a warrior. You know, warrior. All warriors are bad, and uh, but they read the book and they get a lot. They just are transformed by it. So I think it's, I think it's very, very impressive. You know, how many people? I never realized, you know, how how deeply it would touch people, but it's really, it really seems to be connecting with people on a on a great level. It's beautiful. Um, if people can't find it at Barnes and Noble, can they can they find it at your site? 
michaeljco.com? Yes, they can, and uh, I will autograph and personalize their copy as well. On Amazon, you can you can buy an autograph personal autograph copy for I think twenty two dollars, but I'll send it, sell it to you for fourteen, so it's a, it's a pretty good deal. <laughs> and you also have a, a blog there, right? Where where you keep yeah, I, I I try to keep that blog going. I have a newsletter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to get a couple of newsletters out a month, and uh, the blog is every week. I'm doing some kind of new blog, so there's uh, a lot of information on there. I've had this website for like four, almost five months now. And so there's a lot of back information you can go through, so it'll keep you busy if you want to. Cool. That's www.michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, J-A-C-O, J-A-C-O, all one word, dot com. Um, and, and as they've been talking about, there's all kinds of stuff there, guys. In, in, in two days of, of trying to um, get through it all, I didn't get a chance to get through it all because a lot of the stuff was very interesting. And I found myself reading it a couple times, so... Um, maybe tonight, if I don't get in trouble for staying up too late, I'll <laughs> finish through it. <laughs> That's a great so, thing. So, we have oh, a caller. David. We, we okay. have a caller. Let's bring him in. All right. Area code 408. Hello? Hello there. Hello there. You're live. Welcome to the show. Oh. Yes, hello. Um, Michael, I want to commend you for bringing out this book at this time. I think that this is the timing is very right on Thank you. what we're going through and, and a lot of these, especially young men, uh, not real, real young, right? my sons are into the spiritual world, but there's a lot of men probably in their 40s and 50s and maybe even 60s that are still, you know, still asleep. So I think because they're, they're more macho, I think right. this is a wonderful book for them. You're kind of like an avatar, I think. <laughs> <laughs> It just uh, I'm, I'm just very, very impressed um, listening to the show tonight that you've come out with this because it's going to help a lot of people. You're very right on with that as well. Um, oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's all I wanted to say. That's great. Appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Yeah, my, uh, my next two books, I've uh, been doing the research on that, and uh, – uh, they're basically past lives that I've that I've had uh, as warriors and uh, as priests. It's kind of like been a theme in my uh, my past li- past lives, warrior or or priest. And uh, the the person I've been going through is uh, used to uh, do a lot with Shirley MacLaine. It's uh, Kevin Ryerson, and he channels this one uh, one ad- advanced uh, being that's ascended. Uh, it's called Aton Ray. So I, I do a lot of sessions with Aton Ray you know, learning about my past lives. But he told me that you are no avatar. He wanted to make that clear. So he kind of deflates my bubble, keeps me in the zone, you know. So <laughs> he said that although you're you're moving into a new zone where you're actually uh, these bands of energy, like you were talking about, band, band people up and uh, stop it. He, he basically described it that way. And he said that you are, you are moving into a new zone where you're going to actually start to um, make these peaceful places again. So that these energies won't come back in and and disturb the area. So that's, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, past life has always been something I've always been interested in, um, and it's kind of a running joke on the show uh, that that the only successful uh, past life regression regression session that I've ever been uh, that I've ever had or ever remember having was, um, and David's going to laugh because he always makes fun of me about this. Was I was some kind of um, 
Korean dancer. We'll just leave it like that, I guess, or something, <laughs> something Great. like that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was very enlightening. I'll tell you. He was a cowboy. Excellent. In your book, do you go in depth concerning remote viewing? Do you go through the processes or anything like that in, in, in this first book? No, I, I don't in this book. Uh, it's it's something the military's been doing for uh, many years. Of course, they don't they completely deny it. Uh, right. There are remote viewers, and there's a lot of books out. And the fact there's there's tons of courses you can go through that are former military remote viewers that have, have started their own courses. But the problem with uh, the military is very very scientific, very very analytical. Uh, right. They do not use the intuition. They do, they're not using the love aspect uh, within their, uh, and that's not taking them as far as they can. But no, I, I don't go into it. I mention it, like I said in the. Uh, I don't actually say remote viewing because a lot of stuff that I wanted to bring out in this book, my my uh, publisher was kind of like, you know, we need to tone this down a little bit, you know, so it's uh, sort of appeal appeal to a larger audience. So mm-hmm. I kind of left that kind of stuff out, but uh, I I am involved in a course that I'm teaching in Santa Fe. It's on the website where I actually will teach a two-hour course uh, with a, a group called the Earthkeeper in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, at the end of May, last weekend of May. Uh, so I will actually teach remote viewing in in a positive way, very very good inspired way. Mm-hmm. On a scientific level, you know, they may not hand you the, you know, let's let's get real here. For the military, it's weaponized, right? They're they're teaching you skills so that you can be a soldier. Oh, absolutely. So, um, they may not be handing you the weapon. They may not give you the copyrights and 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 ability to use it at will um but their interface what i've heard is um a vibration they have something called a bone phone mm-hmm. did you ever experience anything like that no with? i i actually was never taught by the military i, I learned uh kind of on my own and okay. through other groups through a, a native american uh group that uh that i worked with for a while okay. they they uh they taught me a lot of different things and that's where i did the uh the vision quest and stuff like that uh you know sweat lodges so that really spiritualized uh, a lot of stuff that I was doing. That kind of put me in a different zone. Sure. So the other yeah, their scientific method, I've, I've read quite a bit about it, uh, although, and uh, and uh, it's like you're talking about. They they do uh, use a lot of stuff that will will induce a certain brainwave state. Mm-hmm. Uh, the al- the alpha alpha you know theta delta brainwave states, mm-hmm. deeper brainwave states. Uh, you can meditate and go into those. That's what uh, that's what you're doing when you're when you go into these deep meditations. You're you're bringing in these brainwave states, and that opens your creative centers. Uh, your intuition comes through. All these different things come through when you learn how to do a really good meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ask you that because that was kind of like a, a segue into um, asking you about binaural beats or um, what you know the hypnotic tapes you can buy where this stuff is subliminal right um, do you know do you do you have a stance on binaural beats uh i i believe it's uh very effective uh mm-hmm. I, I i love the way uh you know some of these uh recordings uh with these these great beats or you know you put the put the headphones on and it takes you into uh these deep brainwave states that we're just talking about so i think they're very effective so uh if anyone can get hold of those and uh kind of it, it's it's cre- what what we did when I taught the hand to hand course is we taught guys how to go. This was unbelievable. 
we taught them how to go into a totally new brainwave state that um, when you're in an alpha and a, and a beta brainwave state at the same time, higher levels of it, you go into a, a gamma brainwave state, which uh, really pulls in a lot of information. So I was teaching guys how to fight within a gamma, wa- gamma brainwave state and hand-to-hand, and it was just unbelievable. Uh, so once you learn how to go into that state, I can go into that state instantaneously. So that's kind of what you're doing when you do the meditations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you learn how to find that point within yourself you can go to instantly, even under stress. So starting out with the bike, you know, with a brainwave, you know, patterning uh, voices or music, whatever they use, uh, can put you in those states, and then you learn how to connect with that at will. That's that's your goal. Mm-hmm. Hey, Michael, do you mind? Uh, um, I, I don't know if you know offhand um, the link to the show that you were uh, on recently. We'd like to uh, put that out there for folks to listen to, also, um, because I, I have a feeling they're going to be disappointed as soon as we're done tonight, and they're going to want to listen to some more. So. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's some of them that are on my uh, that are on my side. Okay. Bring them right up the top of my head. Um, one of them was uh, Soul. Uh, let me let me see. I, I actually have my computer. I'll see if I can pull something up. Okay, appreciate it. Sure. While you're doing that, it's got to say, I think I don't remember who mentioned it earlier. It may have been you, um, or it may have been in the chat. Warriors get a bad rap. Warriors really do get a bad rap. Because when people think of warriors, they think of somebody that is only interested in in killing or maiming um, or conquering. But in truth, uh, for thousands of years, the earth has been inhabited by by warriors that were not only highly evolved in in the arts of fighting and and, and, and protection and these types of things, but they were also highly involved uh, spiritually and, and highly intelligent. You know, I think people forget that in order to be a good warrior, you have to be really smart. You have to be really quick on your feet. But you also got to know how, how to show mercy. You also have to understand compassion. And I think talking with you tonight really can help bridge that misconception with people because, you know, here we're talking to a guy, as you said earlier, is probably the nicest guy you'll meet. But if you really, you know, want to go there, uh, he can make your day really horrible too. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, a lot of a lot of us are trained uh, warriors are trained at a very basic level and that's that's basically to uh train you out of fear. And I talk about that in my book the the difference between love and fear. I think that uh a lot of fear uh based training uh creates a a very uh, a negative warrior. Uh one that will uh will will kill someone a lot faster than someone that's been around for a while and learns how to move out of fear, how to con- how to not control their fear, but move to a different place. Uh, I, I, I say that the opposite of fear is love, and if you can you can fight, believe it or not, out of love, like we talked about, uh, I think that that will will transform a lot of these the problems that we're having with uh, warriors coming back with all these uh, you know stress stress syndrome you know disorders. Uh, that's, that's because they're they're taught how to you know kill kill kill. I mean that's 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 out of fear. So uh, I think that's that's one of the one of the biggest things that we could we could teach our warriors how to uh, what they're doing they're doing out of love they're doing it out of compassion for their mm-hmm. for their the guy next to them or woman you know because there's a lot of women in combat now 
Uh, sure. A lot of women are, are, you know, being awarded incredible medals for fighting, you know, incredible fighting. So uh, it's not just the guys anymore. So right. uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that's bringing, which is great because I think that's bringing some of that, 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 uh, that balance within war. And I, you know, a lot of people were, were very negative about having women come into combat, but I think that's been a, a, a very good uh, thing that we had happen. I was on uh, Voice America, uh, um, conscious co-creating with Peter Tung was one of the was one of the sites. So if you punch in uh, Voice America, that'll that'll pull up a really good one. Going back to the warrior thing, Michael, I think a lot of people confuse a fighter with a warrior. And when I say fighter, I'm not talking about a boxing guy or a or a kung fu guy or a whatever an MMA fighter. I'm talking about a fighter, a guy that just a guy or a girl that just goes out there and they're just looking, just looking for, you know, somebody to whoop on or somebody to to beat up. And, you know, going back to the difference, there's a big difference between a warrior and a fighter. You know, Absolutely. again, a warrior understands what compassion really is and, right. knows, how to, and knows how to apply that. A, a warrior shows mercy, you know. Oh, absolutely. I know when I went through military training, it was all about learning how to stop the enemy, not necessarily trying to kill them off. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all about your objective. You get right. you to your objective. You, right. you, you finish your mission. Uh, nowhere in there does it say wipe everybody off the face of the earth. Absolutely. You know, so I, so I think there's a big difference. And, and, you know, it just goes back to someone uh, someone of your background coming out and, 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 and talking about this openly. It's a, it's a big plus. Yeah, I think uh, what it also gives people is confidence, uh, confidence in their abilities. It takes them to a different realm. Uh, you, we talk about the the people that just want to go out and fight. I think that stems from a, a lack of confidence, uh, so they they feel like they have something to prove. The 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 really true warriors are the ones that are are confident in themselves, that have a, a good background. I mean, whether it's a warrior in the military, whether it's a, a warrior that's one of our our police that walks the beat, all, all the guys that have a lot of experience are less likely. To hurt or kill someone than the guy that's that's a little bit younger, unfortunately. So, uh, and we don't want to beat up on the guys that are younger because we're trying to bring them up to the point where, you know, they're they're capable to handle themselves in situations as well. Mm-hmm. So, just teaching guys, uh, our guys and girls, you know, how to uh, be more confident. The, the the training can be a little bit uh, tough, but uh, if we start to, I talk about in uh, the latest blog that I have. How if we just had one one day course? I mean, just a two hour course where we t- taught people about intuition. I think we would we would see a, a great sea change and a, and a lot of uh, a lot of things that are happening in the world right now as far as war and uh, you know conflict. Well, uh, I want to uh, uh, point to you, Michael. Um, we've done we've done several shows, and and, and one we've done recently was uh, we had a guy. Uh, on by the name of Master Dutch Hinkle, and uh, um, it was a great guy, a really nice guy, another true warrior mm. um, who who talks about, um, you know, why fighting doesn't work, why why it doesn't work to just go out there and, and beat somebody up, or even if you're defending yourself to beat somebody to, uh, you know, a, a, a puddle, you know, right, um, and, and it goes along along with all the all the things we've been talking about today. Um, we want to want to extend an offer to you um, to to give uh, give your final thoughts 
give your um, you know your take on uh, what do you want the the audience tonight to to walk home with and go and go home with? I would I would love for them to go home with the fact that they are they are right now whether they are conscious of it or not intuitive beings, very intuitive beings, and to uh, to co- just connect with that idea that they are intuitive, and if they can connect with that idea and start to notice within their day the little things that the little tensions, the little naggings like we talked about during the show. They come up and give them, you know, kind of relax the mind a little bit and pay attention to those, and uh, and you know, that they will start to come more, because that's that's the key. Once you give them the the ability to come through and start to pay attention to them, they they will start to flood your life with 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 beautiful things. So that's what I would leave them with. It was a great show, Mr. Jacob. We appreciate you coming out. Um, we'd like to consider you a friend of the show, actually, because we're both very impressed by you personally. Oh, that's very beautiful. Thank you. I had a great time talking with you guys. Thank you very much for having me.